There we go. This morning we are continuing our sermon series uh, on the Gospels, or not the Gospels of John, the letters of John to the churches. And it's a series that I've entitled uh, Life, excuse me, Light and Love in the Christian Life. And we've looked uh, for a few weeks at light and God as the light of the world. And we've talked uh, a little bit about the life that God calls us to live and the life that uh, God modeled for us in sending Jesus, his son. And this morning, as we get to John, 1 John 4, we're going to read the whole chapter together and we're going to really focus on that love that God has for us and that he calls us to show to others. It's as, as these three different themes, life and light and love, have been building in John, uh, we're, we're coming more to a climax here of the letter, focusing on love. And so let's uh, open up God's Word together. You can follow along on the screen or, uh, or in, in your own Bibles. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus Christ is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. John here is, just pause for a moment. John here in these first three verses is speaking to uh, Christians, some of whom uh, believe that Jesus maybe didn't really come in the flesh, that he only seemed to be human, that he wasn't really fully God and fully human. Now, while there are very few people today who believe that, there are an increasing number of people who think that Jesus really was fully human, but that's it. Uh, and so this, this particular context might seem strange to us, and yet what John is doing here is holding out for his listeners and for us included the, the two natures of Jesus, Jesus as fully God and fully man. And, and, and now what we're going to see in the rest of this text and what we're going to focus on in the sermon today is the implication of that and the application of that truth to our lives. So this is what John continues to write. He says, you dear children are from God and you have overcome these others because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. But we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his great love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and that he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. 
And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, not the fear we talked about earlier. This is how love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. How do we have confidence? That in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, but we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have not seen cannot love who they have seen. That person cannot love God whom they have not seen. As as God has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this morning, as I said, we're going to be talking about love, but I've titled this sermon, Overcoming That Comes From God. Maybe like me, as you read this text, even in your mind, you got sick of hearing the word love. Love, The word love shows up 27 times in the last 15 verses of John chapter 4. So twice every verse nearly. And the idea or the concept that loving God and loving your brother and sister, that's, this is the 10th time that this shows up in this short letter. John nine times before has said, whoever hates his brother doesn't love God, or whoever loves God also loves his brother and sister. So why all this repetition? Well, usually in Scripture, God repeats himself and the the biblical authors repeat themselves because they think that we are in danger of missing the message. So they want to say it again, and then again, and 10 times again, and 27 times again, John says, love. We need to remember that John is writing here to people who are proud of their status or their position. It's an audience of people who think in some ways that they're too good for the basics of the faith, that they've moved on to bigger and better things. Paul, speaking to a similar situation in 1 Corinthians, says, Knowledge builds, or excuse me, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And that's really what John is aiming at here, too, in a lot of ways. That the love that God has given us builds us up. And likewise, that the love that God has given us doesn't build us up just so that we can be strong individually, but it builds us up so that the body of Christ can be strong, so that our brothers and sisters can be strong, so that our world can become more the way that God designed it to be. N.T. Wright, in his commentary for everyone on 1 John, says, love incarnate must be the badge that the Christian community wears, the sign not only of who we are, but of who our God is. 
Love incarnate must be the badge that we wear. And then he says, how easy to write and how hard to achieve. How easy to write and how hard to achieve. And that really is uh, the challenge that we see here in 1 John. The challenge is, is not so much a, all parsing all the theological distinctives that, that correct those who are wrong and say that, well, Jesus only appeared to be human, or to correct those who are wrong and say, well, Jesus really was a nice guy and a great teacher, but, but he wasn't really the Son of God. Those, those things are, are significant and important. But it's easy, or comparatively easy, to, to write a rebuttal or to speak a rebuttal and clarify from Scripture and from history and from all these other sources that Jesus indeed was who he said he was, the Son of God and completely human. But it's much harder to achieve the kind of life that Jesus laid out for his disciples to follow. We so often and so easily stop at God's love for us or even God's love for me. After all, many of us, probably all of us, week in and week out, need to be reminded of God's forgiveness and of his grace and of his love for us. But John also calls us to see that God's love doesn't stop with what is written. It doesn't stop with what is spoken. God's love is shown through sacrifice and through self-denial. And if we are to show God's love for others, then John says we must sacrifice for them too. Give up of ourselves for them, for our brothers, for our sisters. And all of this, I think, leads to a picture of overcoming or of victory. A picture that, that the victory that God brings, the triumph, the overcoming that God brings is so different than the overcoming and the victory that we often think about at a human perspective. There's a kind of overcoming or a kind of victory that we are used to as people that says, for me to win, you have to lose. That's a zero-sum game, right? There's only so much goodness to go around, and if I have it, you can't have it. Only one person can win the election, right? We've never had dual presidents before, I don't think. Although I'm moving to Canada, so what do I know? <laughs> but we're, we're used to that, right? We understand that in most situations, if you win, I lose. And even now at this time when uh, we are coming very close to a point where Kaylee and I are following God's leading in a new direction and those of you remaining here are following God's lead in a different direction without us, it's tempting or it might be tempting to, to sort of leave us to say, well, which of us is going to win? Who of us is going to do better? I hope it's me. I hope it's us. But overcoming that comes from God turns enemies into friends, turns hatred into love. Overcoming that comes from God is all about self-sacrifice. And it's not a zero-sum game. It's not, if I win, you lose. Love instead, the love that God has shown us, is a love that comes from denying self, from sacrificing, from sacrificing self, from giving all, giving everything 
out of love to others. This is what leads to overcoming that comes from God. And somehow, when we follow Jesus' example in giving what we have, giving everything we have out of love for others, we still come away with the victory that God has won for us. How easy to write about and how hard to achieve. This morning, it's a shorter message because of that message of how easy it is to write, how easy it is to speak of, and how hard it is for us to achieve. But I want to close this morning with two different examples or 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 maybe uh, stories. One's a prayer and one's a poem. But two different examples that I hope will stir us to the kind of obedient love that God calls his people to. Not just in word, not just celebrating what God has done for, for you, for me, for us, but stepping out in faith and loving one another. So the prayer I want to share with you is from uh, Peter Marshall who was a chaplain to the U.S. Senate in 1946 to 1948. He said, Lord, we are ashamed that the money and position speak to us more loudly than does the simple compassion of the human heart. May it be to the glory of our government that not only the strong are heard, but also the weak. Not only the powerful, but the helpless. Not only those with influence, but also those who have nothing. When we think about loving others, loving our brother and sister the way that Christ has loved us, it strikes me that it is important for us to listen to the strong, but also hear the weak. It is important for us to be humble before those who have power, but also to humble ourselves with those who are helpless. And when we do those kinds of things, when we actively seek out those kinds of opportunities for love and obedience in our world, we find that we become like Jesus. That as John said, we follow the example that Jesus set for us. And if that's a more uh, communal example, perhaps, given that uh, this man, Peter Marshall, was a chaplain to the U.S. Senate and obviously speaking about our nation, I want to end with a personal application or a personal example as well. This is a poem called Anyway, by, written by Mother Teresa. And probably some of you are familiar at least with part of this. Mother Teresa, who gave her life to serve the humble and the weak and the people we might call less fortunate, the people who were very, very, very less fortunate, who had no way ever to pay her back for her work, and, and no hope even of a future for themselves in many cases. Mother Teresa devoted her life to those people, lived among them, died among them. And she wrote this poem. She said, People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish and ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies, but succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, 
People may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone might destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, others may be jealous, but be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. What John is inviting us to see is that overcoming that comes from God doesn't, isn't victory that holds itself to the same standards the world does. That we can give and never run out because of the great riches that God has given us. That we can love and even if people don't accept it, we can see that it was worthwhile because the love that God has given us has not only filled us but overflowed in such a way that we could never tap it all. When we celebrate overcoming that comes from God, we celebrate that we are the people of God. That however our world reacts, however our world changes, that whatever happens to us collectively, individually, that we are first and foremost people of God. And our victory, our identity has been assured, has been won. And so though the world might change, God will not change and our security will not change. It is, t- it is tied with Jesus in heaven and it's assured for us by the Holy Spirit present with us now. So Please join me in a word of prayer. Holy Spirit present with us now. Meet us in our anxiety, our fear, and our sadness. Speak your words of love and comfort, of hope and peace. Holy Spirit, present with us now, meet us in our joy and our hope and our expectation. Point us in what is point us with what is good to you so that the things we have to celebrate and the strengths we have might bring glory and honor to you rather than just terminate with us. And God, in a world that is always changing, with a future that remains unknowable and unseen to us, we come to you this morning trusting and and, and certain that you are a God who holds time in your hand just as you hold us in your hand. That you are in control, that you will continue to lead and guide your people, not in what is easiest, not in what is simplest, but in what is best and what brings you glory. So God, we are humbled and amazed once again that you invite us, that you call us, and that you draw us along with you to join you in that mission of redemption and renewal and restoration in our uncertain world. What an amazing love you have for us, Father. 
Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.